A Victorian cemetery is a place of forgotten stories. Faded inscriptions on ivy-covered headstones beg many questions and give few clues. But with a little detective work, those names can yield fascinating facts. Mike Gilfoyle has spent the past 10 years researching graves in Brockley and Ladywell cemeteries in South London. He's found heroes and villains, great artists and celebrated athletes, soldiers and poets, killers and victims. London Epitaphs brings you just some of these extraordinary lives. On the wall above an unremarkable shop in Dublin's Talbot Street is a plaque. It commemorates one of the Republican movement's most beloved sons, Sean Tracy, who died in a shootout with the British Army in 1920. Tracy was 25 years old when he was killed and became an instant legend, remembered now as one of the instigators of the Irish War of Independence. He is the epitome of a folk hero, the subject of countless songs and stories, and the anniversary of his death is still marked to this day. 370 miles away, another 25-year-old young man is buried in a cemetery in south-east London. His name is Lieutenant Gilbert Arthur Price, and he is the other side of the Talbot Street story. Not commemorated, barely remembered. He lies alongside his parents on the corner of a leafy walkway close to the cemetery wall. I had no idea of his link to such an infamous moment in Irish history when I first walked past his grave. But the place and date of his death intrigued me. The inscription said he died in Dublin in 1920. That date could only mean that he was somehow involved in the Anglo-Irish War, the two-year conflict between the Republican Army and British forces, which ended with the partition of Ireland. Well, what was he doing there? What had been his role? I was not for six when I did some research and found out. The first thing I have to say is that there's very little personal information available about Gilbert Price. He was born in Greenwich in 1895 and was the youngest of three sons born to Henry and Francis Price. In the census of 1911, he's described as a pupil architect, but by 1915 he's listed as a private in the 20th London Regiment and serving in France. We know that he was then commissioned into the Tank Corps, reaching the rank of Lieutenant. The use of tanks in warfare was very much in his infancy, and the young Gilbert Price would have been among the first to sign up to the Corps. Tanks were used for the first time in action on the battlefield of the Somme in September 1916. In their earliest days, these heavily armoured machines were far from efficient, often abandoned when they got stuck in the mud of the battlefield. But by the time Price joined the Corps, both sides were getting more proficient in tank warfare, and hundreds were being used to smash through the lines in the last two years of the war. Immediately after the war, Bryce joined the Royal Irish Constabulary, presumably wishing to remain in the forces in some capacity. From here, he stepped across into the intelligence service. It was a feverish time of cat and mouse in Ireland, with British military intelligence contending with increasingly more sophisticated counterintelligence from the IRA. Back to Sean Tracy. The young Irishman was the leader of the 3rd Tipperary Brigade. He was tasked, along with fellow IRA member Dan Breen, with carrying out the assassinations of British secret agents and policemen. 
But they were constantly under surveillance by the authorities, and in the spring of 1920 found themselves holed up in a safe house in Drumcondra, in the north of Dublin. The house was raided, and in a shootout, Tracy and Breen managed to escape through a window. Breen, who was wounded, was spirited away by friends to be tended to. Two senior British officers were killed in the raid, and an intense search followed for the escapees. Tracy was told by his IRA masters to hide out at the Republican Outfitter's shop, 94 Talbot Street, until it was safe for him to come out and take part in a major assassination plot. By the time Tracy arrived, the plans had changed and the assassination was called off. He was uneasy, aware that he'd been followed, knowing he had to get out of the shop as soon as he could. He emerged into the street, planning to cycle away to safety. But this is where Gilbert comes into the story. The British intelligence officer was waiting for Tracy and drew his pistol on him. Tracy was also armed and fired at Price and another British agent. All three died instantly, with two other innocent bystanders losing their lives in the crossfire. In an extraordinary twist, it just so happened that the shocking incident was witnessed by a 15-year-old Dublin trainee photographer called John Hogan, who captured the scene in a photograph. It shows Tracy lying dead in the street, with Price propped up in a nearby doorway. It's not the only piece of photographic evidence available to us today. The Irish Film Institute recently released footage from a Pathé film crew that had been in Dublin and had arrived at the scene shortly afterwards. The short clip, called Terror in Ireland, shows British soldiers in two armoured vehicles waiting in the street before cutting away to a crowd outside the shop. Soldiers arrive to remove unidentified bodies, passers-by looking on in horror. For a long time, a picture showing a British agent firing his pistol in dramatic fashion was believed to be of Gilbert Price himself. The image is of a man in plain clothes, smoke issuing from his discharged firearm. However, it was recently revealed that this iconic image was in fact a still from a 1926 film called Irish Destiny, made to mark the 10th anniversary of the Easter Rising. It was an actor, not Lieutenant Price. Tracy's body was returned to his home county of Tipperary, where a huge crowd gathered for his funeral almost a hundred years ago to this day. His death is remembered each year with a ceremony, and his name lives on in folk songs, one of the paramount heroes of a bloody chapter of Irish history. But what about the man he shot? The South Londoner who had served in the First World War, then entered an entirely different military arena only to meet an early death. He lies buried in the same grave as his parents. To them he was, as the inscription reads, a beloved youngest son, who, having served his king and country all through the Great War, was killed in Dublin on October the 14th, 1920, aged 25. Lieutenant Price's resting place is now a designated Commonwealth war grave, and if you go and visit it, you'll find a wreath laid at its base, not to commemorate his involvement in the Irish War of Independence and the notorious shootout, no, the wreath is a touching tribute from present-day members of the London Tank Regiment, a comradely gesture from soldiers remembering one of their own. London Epitaphs was brought to you by Tempest Productions.